everyone, and welcome to the Avanti Woman's first podcast on women in healthcare. The Avanti Woman is a platform dedicated to empower, connect, and build women to move forward personally and professionally in healthcare, finance, entrepreneurship, and philanthropy. Well, today I'm very excited to introduce our lovely guest, the one and only Dr. Mariam Sadiq Tonikaboni. Not only is she an accomplished and respected physician, I can personally attest that she is an amazing human being who is kind, humble, and full of integrity and compassion. A little bit of background about Dr. Sadiq. Um, she's a respected physician with over 15 years of experience in regenerative and integrative medicine. As an integrative physician, she uses the best and most effective methods from both conventional Western medicine and alternative systems to determine the root cause of illness rather than merely relieving their symptoms. She is the founder of Health Watchers 360, a leading anti-aging and wellness practice. Dr. Sadiq provides individualized management and prevention plans for chronic diseases such as diabetes and COPD and tailors personalized medical interventions based on one's genetic predispositions as well as targeted IV therapy. She services and cares for a wide range of patients from their 20s and well into their golden years. Today, Dr. Sadiq will be talking about women and anti-aging medicine. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Sadiq. Hi, Nairi. Thanks for your so kind introduction. I'm very humble and it's great to be here. And, uh, you know, this morning before we start, I was just thinking about, you know, how long we've been knowing each other. It's almost more than 10 years. Yes. We've known each other. Yes. And uh, as much as, you know, I remember you is just as an ambitious, determined woman, which had a big vision, an important mission to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And where you at right now, with your company, Aventis Health, Women Health, um, I think you accomplish your mission. And oh, it's very you, important, of course, it's very important to acknowledge what you're doing, what you're providing to the community and you expanding your hands and services to holding so many hands in the community, providing the excellent first-class service helping a lot of women to make the right choices for their own health. You connect them to the opportunities. And this is really amazing and it's a pride. Congratulations. Thank you you so much. You know, it means so much uh, to me coming from someone like you. Um, As a colleague, a good friend and a physician, you know, I've always had great respect and admiration for you and your work, which has always been grounded in competence and integrity. And not only that, you know, from a personal uh, standpoint, you know, 10 years ago when I met you, you were my father's physician. And my father had uh, Alzheimer's, which, you know, turned into um, end stage Alzheimer's. And if anyone knows about Alzheimer's, you know, it really takes a toll on the person and the family you reaching out to the family to me who was you know i was the primary caregiver um 
in you know, late hours of the day outside of your work, normal hours to just ask us how we're doing. If there was anything you could do, you went above and beyond. And that speaks volumes that to me, I will never forget because, you know, it showed me that you were a doctor with in, incredible bedside manners and you are an amazing human being. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you know, when I say you're a physician with integrity, with competence, bedside manners, it's not just something that I read or hear from your other patients. It's something that I myself have experienced. So thank you so much, Dr. Sadiq. And- um, Thank you, thank you, Nairi. You know, I, you know, I just wanna tap on, you know, quick, you know, background and your dad he was an amazing human being such a pleasure for me to be able to take care of uh, his health and to contribute even a small thing to your family and uh, and hopefully we can just continue to serving our community thank you so with that note dr sadiq please tell us a little bit about yourself Sure. Your your background and what inspired you to build a career in medicine, leading to the practice that you operate today. Absolutely. Again, uh, you know, I'm Maryam Sadiq Tanakabuni, and I am board certified family physician with fellowship in integrative and anti aging anti aging medicine. And I've been practicing as a primary care physician more you know almost more than ten years. And um, if I want to just go back to my passion, I, you know, I have to go back to early childhood that I always remember I, I had a passion to help people bring the smiles to the faces. And I, as I was growing, I found out, you know, being a doctor and being in the healthcare is the most fulfilling dream to come true for me. And um, since now, you know, every day when I wake up, I have such a gratitude uh, toward, you know, my life that I'm able to serve my community, my people, and also, and I'm able to make a difference in people's life. And I don't think ever I could choose another career for myself. Um, and, and I, and also, I encourage and I advocate whoever wants to be a doctor and has a passion uh, to help the people and just holding hands. Thank you, Dr. Sadiq. And yes, you know, if anyone truly has followed their calling, you know, seeing you in, in your practice and the way you uh, treat your patients it really speaks volumes and it does say that you have followed your true calling and your passion. Thank you. Um, so as you know, we met many, many years ago when you practiced traditional uh, family medicine. So uh, please share with us what inspired you and why did you shift from the more traditional way of practicing medicine towards what you are doing today, wellness and integrative medicine. You're correct, uh, Nairi. I reinvented my practice uh, as more of wellness and health clinic, you know, disease management versus uh, managing someone's health. Um, this is what we offer at Health Watchers 360. 
comparing to traditional medicine. And um, when I started my career as a family physician, almost um, maybe eight years ago or more than that, 10 years ago, I started working as an employee in a big corporation uh, medical group, which had I had an amazing experience and uh, it helps me and it gives me um, the perspective that what I want to do for the rest of my career. And I always had a passion to treat the patient as a whole or mm -hmm. basically treating the whole patient, not focusing on just treating their chronic condition and just giving medication and just move on. I was, you know, had a passion to have autonomy to providing the alternative to patient that if, you know, it's not just all about medication. Mm -hmm. You're just, you know, throwing a lot of, you know, drug that you have it in your pharmacy and to make the patient feel better. That wasn't my mission. I want to have the patient has choices. And then I decided to move on and to establish my own practice. And, uh, and I named this practice Health Watchers 360 with a mission. I love I the had name. Thank you. And I had a vision to really, by saying 360, be managing the patient's health and overall well-being from 360 angle. Mm. And uh, then I moved and opened the you know, practice. Uh, gradually, we started branching out the practice in a different way to just accomplish you know, my goal. Um, we have a lot of patients coming to our practice with existing condition. You name it, um, diabetes, um, coronary artery disease, cardiovascular disease, COPD, asthma, hormonal, you know, deficiency, weight problem, you name it. We definitely focusing on managing the existing condition, but the other part of the focus is just, um, just preventive medicine, that we want to make sure we're managing patients' health and just prevent them to become sick then that's the main goal that uh, we're focusing in the practice. And we're, you know, in the near future, we're moving to predictive medicine. I love that, just... Dr. Sadiq. You said something, you know, where there's that famous adage that says one ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's exactly what you're practicing in your Absolutely. clinic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, I think, you know, the art of medicine is not just you treating the condition that it's happened to patient, the art of medicine and the technology that we have this opportunity. This is 21st century where we cannot, you know, practicing medicine like before. It's to me, um, it's a shame if we're doing that. We're not doing a good job if we're just focusing on managing the diseases. Predictive medicine is coming soon. It's already here, but we'll see it in very near future. That predictive. You can, predictive. Predictive, yeah. Because, wow. Exactly. Because you can, you know, by um, sort of doing certain tests, uh, testing, genetic testing, um, checking your immune system, you can predict when patient can even get sick. Wow. You can just alarm them. Okay, your cells is behaving this way, your gene is behaving this way, then just, you know, change your lifestyle, change your, you know, nutrition, do certain things that you cannot, you just avoid 
getting sick, then that's one of the part of, uh, you know, focus of the practice to prevent. And then the other part is managing the existing condition. And next to it, we have also targeted IV therapy in combined to amino acid, which will, you know, it can, you know, start from uh, existing condition. We see a lot of patients with autoimmune disease mm-hmm. between their chemo with cancer, or we see just healthy patients, they come to get these targeted IV therapy to just stay well and boosting their immune system to not to get sick. Um, I was a witness during this pandemic. I had so many patients that they've been coming and getting the IV therapy. And I can tell you it's a minimal few numbers. I can tell just they got COVID. And I have very, very sick patient also that they never got COVID. That wow. was the you know evidence and document of what we're doing. And that's why patients coming back to us because they see the result. They see what they're receiving and how they get protected. Also, I decided, you know, adding another branch to the practice to complete, you know, our wellness clinic. It was the anti-aging and aesthetic um, part in our, you know, in our office. And the whole purpose of uh, doing um, aesthetic medicine and emphasizing, I see, you know, the changes in patients. So can I can I ask you a question there? Because you just you just tapped on it. So this is actually a very exciting question. And I've always, you know, since you mentioned that whole anti-aging thing, I've always been fascinated by the fact that when we as women hear Mm -hmm. about women and anti-aging medicine, we automatically I automatically think about, you know, aesthetics, injectables, fillers and all of the above that you kind of mentioned. Uh, which you and I know it's far, far away from the truth, right, Dr. Sadiq? Absolutely. So please continue to share with us, why is it that you shifted to women's health? And I know, you know, that's a huge part of your practice. It's women's health. Why did you shift to that? And number two, I know that some of the major underlying issues in the category of women's health and, you know, premenopausal and postmenopausal symptoms and manifestations is how it impacts and shapes a woman's quality of life. So uh, sorry to stop you, but this question goes really directly to what you started to talk about. So can you please expand on this and help us understand? Absolutely. As you mentioned, you know, the aesthetic part of the woman health is a small part that you just can, you know, help the patient by seeing themselves in the mirror and feel good about themselves. And as they feel good about themselves, they become more of compliant patient. They, t- they like to take care of themselves. They mm-hmm. like to live healthier. They like to, lead, to eat healthier, do more exercise, building up the confidence. And it's more than the physical changes that you see or they see. It's, you know, it's about the connection in their brain. When they mm. feel good about their, you know, their physics and their outside, they're stimulating the connection in the brain that producing more serotonin. And mm. uh, I see patients that they've been going through the depression, anxiety phases. When they feel good about themselves, they look good. Uh, they're you turning off that switch of depression also. 
I, I've been a witness on that. And I use this, um, you know, procedure as kind of rewarding system or mm -hmm. incentive to the patient that you're taking care of your health and I can just take care of your outside also and your, you know, just give you better look that you can enjoy. But going back to emphasizing about women health, you know, during my career, I always knew that there is a better way to treat a patient, mm -hmm. just treating the patient as a whole, and especially women. When it comes to women health, it's not just all about doing pap smear and delivering baby or just ordering mammogram. It's definitely beyond that. And I can share as a woman, we are as a woman, we're going through our life. You know, we're building up our career, building up our family and uh, raising kids, sending them to college. And uh, we're in the middle of the life that felt, you know, everything is under control and we want to stretch our legs and just relax and enjoy, yes. you know, our life with a family, partner, loved ones boom, menopause has happened. Oh my gosh. And this is really, really important and important and life-changing changing event for any woman. And it needs to be emphasized and we need to give the good knowledge to patients and they be prepared about the changes that they will expect. And they can be prepared and they can just move on smoothly and gracefully without the minimal effect on their life, social life, family life, relationship with their partners, and just in their overall well-being. And um, I just want to mention um, something that I've noticed that in my practice, unfortunately, most of the women women accepting uh, these changes as a natural change or natural aging. And they even either shy about or shameful to ask about these changes, you know, anything from the primary doctor to be prepared and just be open about it. What's happening to me? Why my body changes? Why mm -hmm. my desire is so low? Why I cannot, you know, having you know, my sexual life, you know, what's, what's happening to all this. And that's the moment, you know, I can play my role as a primary care physician, opening the doors for women to give the opportunity and providing the questions during their health maintenance visit mm -hmm. about their sexual life that they feel that chapter of life, the sexual life is as important as their heart health. So, and they shouldn't hide it. So Dr. Sadiq, you know, you just touched upon something where, um, you know, in society as women, if we believe that this is just part of life and part of our aging process, and we have a hard time to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, how is it that you approach your patients? Do you have do you have a, a proactive way of actually um, probing them and pulling those questions out of them? Is that part of your protocol to make sure that you engage in that conversation with them? So they Absolutely. ask those questions? 
Absolutely. It's part of the questionnaire. It's designing my system and I'm mm -hmm. just very open. That's amazing. And, and it's amazing when you see as soon as you tap on and bring it up to a patient as a question, it sounds mm -hmm. like why they should be shocked about that. Mm -hmm. And you see more than 90% of women, they have problem in that area, which has been affecting their life. And they're afraid been, to talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. And they've been frustrated with their relationship. And uh, they want to keep their loved one happy. But at the same time, it's just like a suffer and torturing for them. Then they don't know exactly what, what to do. And I want to just have them a research which is very important research and is related mm -hmm. to anti-aging. I want to bring it up because that's the you know place to talk about. You know, they did a lot of research about uh, the sexual life of women and mm -hmm. many studies been done. And one of the interesting study uh, shows the conclusion is sex and sex and performance sexual performance is considered as an anti-aging oh, and wow. how it, yeah, that's amazing. You know, we think it's just, you know, the option, it's not the option. You know, basically this study shows that uh, women that have more, you know, sexual activity during their lifetime, even more than, you know, at least once a week, they had a longer telomeres in their DNA which means longevity. Telomeres is a part of DNA, which, you know, basically it's coding the longevity of uh, DNA. And mm -hmm. they notice that they have a longer telomeres. Then basically, I just want to emphasize that having the normal, you know, sexual life is considered anti-aging. And that's wow. why it's so important we talk about it with patients and keep that chapter open. That's very interesting because, because I've heard of longitudinal studies at UCLA and genetics years ago that, you know, mm -hmm. consuming less than 1500 calories a day also elongated your DNA telomere. It, you know, Absolutely. it was, it was going to talk about that. How funny that I had no <laughs> idea that sex, sexual, you know, uh, healthy sexual life did the same thing. That's, that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. We'll talk about that, you know, the other research you mentioned just later on, I have some topics about that too. That's phenomenal. Um, and, and since we're on this topic, and I know you're probably going to talk about it, that, but, you know, a question that's also uh, fascinated me and many other I'm women so is... Sorry, I have to interrupt you. I need you to come closer to the mic. Oh, sorry. sure. So a question that's fascinated me and, you know, many women is that um, as we age, right, in, in premenopausal years, we see that, you know, we start gaining weight and, and losing weight becomes difficult no matter what, you know, we try to do. And in fact, people who are postmenopausal end up gaining weight. So can you also incorporate a little bit about that in your absolutely, talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just want to talk, you know, quickly about what is really menopause, premenopause, postmenopause. You know, there are two important, basically, let me just talk about this way. Menopause is the starting of beginning of hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. And there are two main hormones play role in this stage of life, 
and there are estrogen and progesterone, and both of them are you know, produced, you know, they produces from ovary or ovaries. And when we go through this stage, I like to divide this to three phases, which is premenopausal, menopause, and postmenopause. And interestingly, if I say that, you will say, wow, premenopause starts somewhere between our 30 to 40. Oh. We're not thinking about that ever, that, you know, not at all. Between. Exactly. And between age, somewhere between 30 and 40, are one of the wonderful hormone progesterone start declining. And, and we see all the side effects and changes of, you know, the deficiency of these hormones. Usually progesterone is in charge of, you know, stabilizing our mood, keep us calm and cognitive and uh, controlling the amount of bleeding during our men, you know, menstrual period. And when it starts declining, we notice our sleep is not the same. We cannot have so many young patients coming. I cannot sleep the same. And mm -hmm. yes, because the progesterone start declining and you know, the premenopausal phase start you know, that early that we even not think about that. As we, I never thought in my 30s that, that you know, there was exactly. any hints of premenopausal exactly. manifestations. That's yeah. the start. And when, as we're moving up, you know, to menopause, which is somewhere between our 40s to 50, the progesterone continue declining. And now our another great hormone estrogen start fluctuating, going mm. up and down during this phase. And when I'm saying fluctuating, it means one day you have it, one day you don't. Then, and estrogen is such an important hormone. You know, basically it protects you from heart disease, from, you know, dementia. It helps for the cognitive and memory osteoporosis you see a lot of women after menopause they have a problem with you know their bone and you know osteoporosis because mm -hmm. no estrogen sleep pattern you see the changes in your hair thinning mm -hmm. losing hair you know your skin you don't have that you know flawless you know tight skin that you used to have in your tw 20s you see the wrinkles sagging jowling all the complaints between age 40 and 50s, you start noticing that. And these are all because of lack of estrogen hormones, such an important hormone. Wow. And I want to, you know, tell you when estrogen goes down, there are two important effects we will witness, we will, you know, witness in the body as well, you know, the changes in the metabolism. I would like to ask Annie to pull up one of the charts that it shows that, you know, basically the hormone changes. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Gonna look at the, yeah, this is a phase that I just, you know, mentioned about, you know, early 30s and 40s, premenopausal progesterone going down in menopause, estrogen start fluctuating and the postmenopause, both of them are low. And the next uh, slide, if I want to show, this is about the estrogen hormone and how important is this hormone 
look at low estrogen, what's the effect of low estrogen? Basically, when you have low estrogen, your insulin cannot, you know, you know, do their job. Basically, mm-hmm. it's just getting accumulating behind the cell doors. And what it does, it's just increasing the amount of blood sugar in your bloodstream. Because mm-hmm. insulin is the, you know, it's the key for your, um, what they call it, it's a key for your cells. Then it just allow your blood sugar easily go to your inside to your cells and just have a normal metabolism, burning, creating energy and everything. And when you don't have estrogen, your insulin does not work. And it's gradually creating the insulin resistance because of insulin is accumulating behind the door. Wow. And what it does, your blood sugar, instead of going inside the cells, is just going back to your liver and converting to fat and causing fatty liver. Mm. And fatty liver, it means poor metabolism and it means that, you know, gaining weight. You start seeing that you, even you do your best, you're not eating anything, you're doing exercise twice more, but you're still gaining weight. That's one effect of the low estrogen in your body. The other important effect of low estrogen is an effect on your mitochondrial. And mitochondrial is such an important uh, organ inside your cells. It just is like a control center and doing Mm -hmm. detox for your cells and controlling your metabolism, making energy by creating ATP inside your cells. Then when you are low you know, an estrogen poor mitochondrial function, what, what it happened, low fuel, low energy, you feel fatigue mm-hmm. and you start losing your muscle and everybody come and say, oh, I don't know why I have a saggy muscle in my arms and everywhere. That's because you don't have enough estrogen. You're feeling fatigue and you, you know, again, the same as, other, you know, the other things that we mentioned, you know, gaining weight, poor metabolism, sleep problem, and so on. Then, you know, see there, there, this is very important. You have the important, you know, hormone that will be missing during your menopause. And if you don't know what you can do to create a natural estrogen progesterone, then you think, okay, that's done. I'm done. This is the chapter of life. I have to deal with it and suffer for the rest of my life. One little hormone. One little hormone. Wow. So so I have a question. This is a very interesting chart. Um, If low estrogen also causes insulin resistance, do women as they age also become more prone to developing type 2 diabetes because of this factor? Absolutely. Absolutely. We see a lot of women, they don't have any family history and they just swear nobody in their family has any problem with diabetes. Yes. And they start, you know, saying, you know, pre-diabetes and become diabetic and uh, it's affect their thyroid. They see, you know, more low thyroid function, hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. These are all effect of you know low estrogen how it's just affecting other hormones and the hormones is work like a harmony and it's not just you know one hormone you want to treat that just that single hormone get the supplement and fix it it's just the entire system needs to you know uh, work together 
that works like a harmony, then you have a normal, you know, metabolism and you can enjoy, you know, your overall well-being. Then um, some patients, they say, okay, just give me some estrogen, progesterone. It, it doesn't work that way. You have uh -huh. to look at the whole entire system, how you can just open up this uh, cycle that it can work, you know, beautifully next to each other. So basically what you're saying here, Dr. Sadiq, is that, you know, this is not a black and white regimen. It's very individualized. Each person is different. So um, if this was me, for example, you would mm -hmm. be running a full on, you know, hormonal test panel on me, and then you would look at my underlying factors, other components, and then you'd put a regimen and a system that's just tailored for me, correct? That's correct. You know, certain things as you know, that we will talk about uh, shortly, it's about everyone. It's mm -hmm. about lifestyle change for everyone. But there are certain, you know, uh, changes, individual changes we need to do, which is we tailor based on patient's need, based on the hormone, pan hormone, hormone panel that we check in the office, and we just add on to their, you know, lifestyle that we offer. Then That's there great. Are, yes. So, you know, I just wanted to mention, I mean, this is such a huge plethora of, uh, you know, an area of, of healthcare, women's health. It's such a, you know, large area that we cannot target and talk about everything in one uh, session. So I'm very excited that this actually uh, podcast will have many different series inviting you over to continue on talking about, you know, additional uh, topics. But right now, what I wanted to actually take a moment to talk about is um, I've been waiting patiently for this question. It's a very intriguing question, which has been a mystery for many centuries. And it's that question that haunts many, especially us women. And that is how to drink from the fountain of youth. Um, now, in, in, you know, from the beginning of history and mythology, uh, people used to believe if they drank water from the fountain, the aging process would stop. So I did some actually research about this and I found some interesting, you know, historical uh, facts. So they say that Ponce de Leon was said to be searching for the fountain when he traveled to what is now Florida in the 16th century. Um, Alexander the Great that we all know about, who conquered most of the known world before he died around 323 BC, may have been looking for a river that healed the ravages of age. Uh, during the 12th century AD, a king known to Europeans as Prester John supposedly ruled the land that had a river of gold and a fountain of youth. Basically, Dr. Sadiq, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of history and mythology, and all the way to today's modern world, humankind has always been fascinated and searching and looking for that fountain of youth. Now, you and I both know that, you know, to drink from that fountain of youth, that fountain of youth does not really realistically exist. But what that is, is that we can only achieve that through practicing a certain lifestyle, right? 
So there is no magic, but what we make of it, if we choose and follow the guidance of experts like you. So here's the million dollar question, Dr. Sadiq, please help us understand the anti-aging secret to staying youthful, feeling great, and looking good. Absolutely, Nairi. <laughs> I've been looking for that, you know, fountain for a very long time. We guys, haven't we all? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, let me tell you, it, the fountain of life is a symbol. The fountain of youth is a symbol. And it's not like a miracle. It's like a recipe that you add to your lifestyle, mm -hmm. that you can enjoy it. You know, you can do so many things, um, you know, to your outside, your appearance. You can do so many changes inside your body. But what is important, and you can also take so many medication that makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. But what we want to emphasize here today, there are five things is important for everyone to as a recipe to add it to their lifestyle. And we will expand on every single of these five lessons in future, going to the details because they're, they're beyond the discussion of one session. Each of them, it really need, you know, uh, one conver long conversation basically. Mm -hmm. But I want to at least have on these five uh, lessons and items that it's important you incorporate to your lifestyle that you can enjoy. And um, hopefully you don't need um, use any more, you know, kind of prescribed medication when you come, you know, when you're adopting these type of lifestyle. I want to start with uh, fasting and intermittent fasting diet. What is that? You mentioned that earlier about, you know, fasting. And I want to just emphasize and put it as a first lesson, because this is very important. And what is fasting? Why we're talking about fasting and, in, and intermittent fasting? Fasting, it's considered as an anti-aging. And I want to explain that to you why we call it anti-aging, what it does that, you know, uh, we consider as anti-aging, basically. Mm -hmm. The main purpose, you know, that that we achieve by fasting is decreasing that insulin resistance. We talk about that. And by decreasing the insulin resistance, you're decreasing the inflammation in entire your body. And you will see all the beautiful results of, you know, you know loss, uh, decreasing the inflammation in the joint and all the other things we talked about it that you will see as a postmenopause or menopausal, you know, syndrome. And basically when you do fasting, you take your body to the starving mode mm -hmm. and starving mode. It's the, it's the moment that all the cells with the good quality, the good quality cells can survive only. And all the other cells with the potential, you know, cancerogenic cells, they cannot survive. They're not, they don't have a good quality to survive. Then basically we clean up some of the abnormal cells during the, um, during the fasting, which consider as a detox by itself. And Interesting. what 
it's very interesting. It's you, you know, even you don't do anything else, just do fasting, you're doing detox your body. And what it happened during this fasting? What is the mechanism of the fasting that you feel good after that? Basically, when you do fasting, you have just a low carb diet and less amount of sugar to your, to your system, to your body. And then your cells start, you know, producing different hormones because they still need, you know, fuel, they need mm -hmm. energy. Then even you don't have the sugar to give them, they need to create their own fuel. Basically, one important hormone start producing, we call it glucagon. Glucagon is the hormone that is starting the process of the metabolism, we call it gluconeogenesis. And gluconeogenesis is a type of metabolism that you burn other type of product like fat to create energy for yourself. So what glucagon is, is a good thing to to have. You, yes, when you go okay. through it, yeah, absolutely, because you want to just use a different type like your fat, you mm -hmm. want to burn your fat to create energy, you don't want to just add in sugar all day long by keep eating and just create energy because the extra, you know, calorie of the sugar will turn to fat and makes you, you know, create a fatty liver as we talked earlier. Then, so, so basically, to simplify it for our audience, if we fast, Mm -hmm. fasting intermittent fasting increases your glucagon storage which in hormone. fact hormone which in fact helps in the breaking down of fats absolutely beautiful simple simple wow. and what you what you see as a result weight loss ah, and you okay. see exactly and you see with the moment of you do fasting and especially when you do long fasting uh, it's created a certain metabolites that they are very good quality for your body, which you don't see it necessarily in the normal metabolism of, you know, your daily metabolism, because it has to go to the starving mode that you see those metabolites to come into your body. Then Beautiful. This is anti-aging. And I want to, you know, emphasize you see changes in your cell and your skin and the skin mm -hmm. is the largest organ in your body because it's covering the whole entire surface and is really directly related what you eat and your gut health and the amount of microbiome that is producing uh, to your body and is reflecting on your skin. And when you go to long fasting, I'm talking about between 24 to 72 hours fasting, then that stimulates the collagen synthesis collagen yes wow. yes that's the moment you see the collagen start producing and you see all the good changes that you're looking forward seeing on your face that's crazy it's dr Sadiq. so basically without even you know putting in any new substances medications in us our body really knows how to heal itself and how to keep itself young by these practices wow exactly if you look at you know um What's the purpose of doing fasting in different religions? It's not really about religion. It's about, you know, developing and health. And we don't know why they've been, you know, instructed to do. And that's, that's the reason. 
The reason is just, you know, you taking care of your, you know, your overall well-being by doing fasting. Then basically during fasting, I mentioned your skin will start rejuvenate, your stem cells start, you know, uh, because you get rid of a lot of, you know, unhealthy cells, then your stem cells needs to create a new cells. Then you mm-hmm. will see a lot of new stem cells coming and you feel younger, youthful, more energy because your mitochondrial, you know, start having those good metabolites as a fuel and as energy, then you see the whole process is changing. Stem that's, cells, the big conversation cells. of the exactly. 21st century. I can't Everybody wait to talk that. more in detail about that in the future. Absolutely. Then this is one thing about fasting. And, you know, in general, fasting helps you prevent you from um, breast cancer, cardiovascular disease, helping mm-hmm. you for the sleep. You feel, you know, easier to fall asleep and staying asleep. In, you know, the fogginess and mental health, you see the clarity after doing fasting and especially long fasting and um, so many other, you know, benefits you see and weight loss that that's the ultimate goal for everyone to achieve. But I want to just, you know, emphasize something about fasting. These days, everybody talking about it and everyone wants to jump on and start, you know, doing fasting. But fasting, you know, has a formula. It's not something everybody just start fasting and just, you know, going through it. Especially in, on women, when they are still actively having their menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. there are certain times during cycle we don't recommend doing fasting because it affects the amount of progesterone and estrogen. Really? Yeah. I never knew this. Tell us. Yes. Uh-huh. Then basically, when you want to do fasting, the day, the second phase of your cycle, between day 17 to day 23rd of your cycle, that's mm-hmm. the time your progesterone starts peaking. And we so don't you don't want to touch fast. that hormone. Yes, ah, we don't want to touch that part. And if someone says, no, I cannot, this is my, you know, life is tight, I say, do just 10 to 12 hours fasting maximum. We oh, don't wow. go more than that. And the other part of the cycle that is important, you eat your carb is still, it's the first few days of your cycle that you have, you know, your bleeding and everything, menstrual bleeding, because that's the time your body needs a lot of, you know, fuel to burn it. And if you go on low, you know, on the energy and fuel and carb, basically you become very jittery. Mm. and unhappy and mm-hmm. is adding up to your PMS or the, you know, the first few days, you know, cycle syndromes. Then you want to have the first few days, no fasting between day 17 to 23rd, no fasting or short fasting. Then that's a secret of fasting, especially for women that they want to do during the cycle. So again, if, if, if uh, a patient came to you, Mm-hmm. you can definitely hold their hand and tailor and design a personalized fasting regimen for them, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. We have different, you know, products to use it also if they want to use to get some help that it'd be easier for them. Uh, you know, we can talk about it later about each product, but very good. But they can do it even without any using any product. And the second thing, the second lesson I want to talk about it is detox 
and mm -hmm. detox your body. And mainly when I'm talking about detox is heavy metals detox, mm -hmm. lead and other heavy metals, mercury, they're really affecting your liver and causing a lot of damage to your liver that is, you know, the ultimate is a poor metabolism and, um, you know, abnormal gain weight and not feeling good in general. So many patients, they're doing everything. They don't see the outcome and the result and they feel, why I'm not losing weight? Because your liver is so congested. You need mm. to, you know, clean up your liver that you can have a better metabolism. Then detox is very important. There are so many different types of detox we, we offer. We can do through IV. Mm -hmm. There are certain, you know, product we add into the IV that it's cleansing up the, you know, the system glutathione. It's one of the main um, product that you can do like an IV injection or just so you can also consume what doesn't have the same effect. And you can do charcoal detox that is cleansing up, you know, the whole entire, you know, GI system, your uh, gut, and it's just cleansing up everything. You can add, you know, coffee enema to your uh, basically detox and has mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, benefit. It's not, you know, just, you know, every coffee. It has to be organic, mold-free, and, you know, there are certain, you know, we can talk about it in details just about, you know, detox. You can just, I can talk more than two hours for you. And you can also add, you know, L-liver, you know, supplement to your detox and just, you know, help you to have a better detox and detail detox. Amazing. The third lesson, the third lesson will be your gut health. Mm -hmm. Gut health is so important. What you're putting, you're adding in into your body, it's so important. And the reason is so important. We have a good bacteria, we call it microbiome, in our gut, inside our colon and intestine. That their mm -hmm. job is very important job, and we don't even know about that. That's why I want to emphasize for patients having, you know. Um, poor diet on vegetable, having chronic constipation, or, you know, eating a lot of carbs and red meat, they're damaging those good bacteria. And microbiome is, we call it estrobiome, hmm. that is producing the natural, you know, hormone of the estrogen for our body. Then if we take care of microbiome, you can have the natural estrogen in your body then this is how important and you can easily, you can achieve it by the amount of vegetable and different type of vegetable and greens that you can add into your you know, diet throughout the week to increase the amount of microbiome in addition to the supplement that you can take probiotic. That's this amazing. Is, no wonder I've heard of it that they call the gut the second brain of the body. That's very true. And there is connection because those microbiome in, you know, helping to for the production of the neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. the neurotransmitter, it means the connection of the neurons in your brain for the, you know, mental health, for your cognitive, for function, you know, in entire body, you need to have these neurotransmitter, you know, uh, produced. Uh, in a you know healthy amount that you can function properly. Absolutely. So definitely, you know, it's it's in our control by what we eat, how we treat our bodies, and you know how we keep our gut. We can really influence our mental health. Absolutely. Would you Absolutely. say that directly? Directly. Yeah. Directly yeah. influence it. Very directly. Good. Yes. 
And the other, the fourth lesson will be your healthy adrenal gland. What does it mean? Adrenal gland is the important gland that's producing the hormones that you missing during your menopause, which is estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. When the ovaries say goodbye and they shut down, they hand it to adrenal gland. And there is a part inside the adrenal gland that's producing these hormones. Oh. All of them, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. I never knew and that. Yes. And that's so important. We, we call sometimes go-go syndrome. You, yeah, the stress hormone. Exactly. Fight and flight. Yeah. You know, women that have a lot of, you know, stress in their life and they always on the go and they want to do so many things at the same time, you know, a lot of, you know, rush and hurry in their life, they're producing unhealthy hormone from the adrenal gland. We call it cortisol. Mm-hmm. Cortisol. And cortisol will affect your insulin and amount of the production of the blood sugar in your body, you know, increasing the glucose in your body and producing the more insulin causing insulin resistance. And it's just a whole, you know, metabolism problem that we talk about it. Then it's so important that you introducing the, you know, relaxation, yoga, mm-hmm. take some vacation. Even, you know, one day get away, it helps to calming your adrenal gland, not producing too much cortisol. Massage. Massage. Oh, I need massage. And that's your body. That's correct. It's not just the fancy massage that you feel. It's just about your body, your adrenal gland asking you. Because the amount of cortisol in your body causing tension mm-hmm. and you need to relieve it. And it shows, you know, people having, you know, animal, you know, pet or dog. And when they're petting, it's just actually increasing the good hormones like oxytocin, decreasing the cortisol. And it's just causing general, you know, um, helping for metabolism and overall well-being and youthfulness. That's the adrenal gland. And you can also get some supplement, adrenal supplement, you know, anywhere. But we talk about a special brand if you need it. The last, you know, lesson is the fifth lesson is uh-huh. that it's all about, you know, your diet and your nutrition. What natural nutrition you can add to your lifestyle, to your diet every day, that you can achieve more of natural hormone versus, you know, the prescription, you know, medication hormones then you know the oil that you're using it for cooking your food adding to your salad it's very important mm-hmm. i always recommend you know using avocado the oil olive oil with mm-hmm. filter and organic oil and also sesame oil they're very good but if you want to just you know high temperature don't use uh, olive oil because it turned to you know basically you know bad oils and just fatty you know you know complex chain that is not healthy for you then that's one of the uh, one part in you know about your diet and the other thing certain vegetables you need to add in you know to your diet and they're you know included of uh broccoli uh brussels sprouts cauliflower flower and also seeds like uh, pumpkin seeds oil, you can use uh, squash and also beans, um, you know, adding to your diet. They are full of natural estrogen 
and you can enjoy them and you can see the benefit of uh, each of them um, in your metabolism. And as wow. much as you eat, yeah, and as much as you eat different type of grains, you will adding up to, you know, your microbiome. Then if, if you just eat one type of vegetable throughout the week, that's not going to be helpful. So consistency, consistency, and, you know, basically uh -huh. building a lifestyle. That's exactly that's this wow. is the five things that you can just call it, you know, that um, the five, five fountain of fountain of youth. <laughs> so, yeah. So the five basically what I yeah, the, the fountain of youth, youth is comprised of five elements that we must actually understand and put into practice. And they are, as Dr. Sadiq mentioned, it starts number one, intermittent fasting. Uh, number two, detox the body. And you mentioned a couple of elements, how to do that with glutathione, charcoal, or coffee enema. Number three is to focus on the gut health. Number four, which is also known as second brain, right? Absolutely. Number four, uh, to keep healthy adrenal glands and how we can do that because the adrenal glands are directly affecting our other hormones. And number five, diet and nutrition. So I can't way to have you on in future podcasts so you can actually cover these five elements and break them into more details and explain to our audience you know what they are and how they, they can achieve those so dr sadiq we're so excited to have you on this podcast can you tell us how um you know how our audience our women can contact you absolutely uh it was a pleasure to be here, and um, we have, um, you know, website uh, at healthwatchers360.com. I think Ani, yeah, I think Ani may have a, a sure a slide on Ani that. Ani, can you up. put that on, please? That's my Instagram. Uh, it's uh, at Dr. Mariam underscore Sadiq. So your uh, your website is healthwatchers360.com? That's correct. Very good. Awesome. And any any last words of advice, Dr. Sadiq, before we wrap up? You know, uh, I really enjoyed uh, being here and I'm looking forward to give more information uh, about, you know, how simple you can enjoy your life and being healthy in a mere, you know, in the future uh, sessions with you. And any question, anything uh, that you feel your audience need to ask me is simply just messaging um, us through the Instagram or website, or, you know, simply they can call the office and ask for, you know, appointment and consultation. We can hold their hand. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Mariam Sadiq Tonikaboni, our, um, our, amazing doctor, physician, uh, guest who um, gave us an incredible amount of information on women on, and anti-aging medicine. And we look forward to hearing from you on the five elements, the five elements that comprise the secret to, keep, to keeping that, you know, fountain of youth. And thank, thank you everyone for tuning into our podcast, The Avanti Woman, which is a platform for women uh, where we empower, connect, and build. 
please visit us at theavantiwoman.com and our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts at the Avanti Woman. At the end of, uh, end of uh, our podcast, we will have Dr. Mariam Sadiq Tony Caboni's Health Watchers 360 information. And uh, thank you and have a wonderful day. Till thank next you. time. Bye bye, Nairi. Thank you, Dr. Sadiq. Thank you.